0: Hi kitty! It's Courtney and Juliet. And you're listening to Kinda Cute. Kind of chaotic. Cuties, welcome to today's episode. So we wanted to dedicate an episode to mental health because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We really wanted to take this opportunity to talk about mental health because it is becoming a lot more normalized and it's a very important subject within our society. And it's been really nice to
1: be able to feel like we can open up more and more about our own mental health and not feeling bad or or ashamed of our mental health and it's been really nice that when we're opening up now that other people are opening up to us as well and all of a sudden you're like oh wait this it's okay to have things going on in our own mental health and my friend also is going through
0: stuff too you know Absolutely. And cuties, we just want to give out a few disclaimers. First of all, do you hear any chaotic noise in the background, I am filming in Central Park. I am a city girl. So um, I absolutely love Central Park. I love walking and everything like that. It's actually helped with my mental health to be completely honest lately. Just the nature and everything is so beautiful here. And the other thing too, cuties, is that everything that we're going to be sharing with you guys today is our own opinions and our own personal experiences. We are not doctors. We are not psychologists or any we don't even have degrees of any sort, but you know what? <laughs> um, we are just two normal besties that want to share our experiences of mental health because it is a relatable topic today. And if you are wanting to get help for your mental health, make sure you always take the steps to, um, to advocate for yourself and also feel that you are never alone and that you are never faking anything. We're going to talk about how our life kind of was before we realized that we might struggle with mental illness so I don't know about you Courtney but I remember growing up as a little girl I would just be doing something completely random walking through a park maybe and out of nowhere I would start sobbing and like crying chest tight feeling for absolutely no reason at all and I remember like in the kindergarten and everything like that, when I would start doing that at the playground, I would just say, oh, I miss my mom as an excuse to kind of make up for it. But in reality, I didn't know what was wrong, but something felt wrong in my body. And I just, it just had to come out, you know? So did you have any experiences like that when you were younger? Definitely. I feel like my entire life,
1: um, I've been an overthinker, but on top of that, it's like everything I would overthink I would, my chest would just tighten up and I'd have trouble breathing and I would just freak out for no reason. And I definitely later on realized that is anxiety, which my mom also um, is diagnosed with anxiety. And it's just not a great feeling to always just feel like everything's so overwhelming and things are going wrong all the time.
0: Like, do you have a specific example of a time where, you look back now and you're like, that was an anxiety episode or that was an anxiety attack or maybe even a panic attack. Like a point where you felt so uncontrolled of your body and emotions and looking back here now, like that was, that was an episode. This
1: was when I first realized that, oh, maybe something's going on. But I had just gone through my one year like long like relationship at 12 years old which is that's like long-term relationship when you're only in seventh grade but anyways we broke up and he texted me and just broke broke up with me and I just literally for the next like five hours just like panic attacks just crying sobbing hysterically 12 year old me this is like the biggest heartbreak of my entire life you know and but after four hours or three hours of just intensely freaking out and thinking the world is over. I, I was like, this might be too, like something else has to be going on because I shouldn't have been so overly like chest in so much pain, literally me wanting to curl up on the floor for hours and hours and hours. So that's where. At this point, I still didn't know if that was truly anything else other than just like a breakup. But later on, then we start finding out that I just start randomly having panic attacks and just anxiety. So
0: I think there's a marching band going by on one of the streets. Is it too loud? I don't
1: hear any of that. Do our cuties hear okay. it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Cuties, Anyways, tell us now. <laughs> let me know if you do hear any drums playing, because I definitely hear drums playing. Anyways. <laughs> that makes total sense because definitely looking back in my life it's like there are times where it's like as a kid I would drop something and just start crying hysterically. and I felt like I had no control or anything like that and that was always such a frustrating moment for me because I'm just like Juliet calm down or trying to pull myself together but I physically couldn't and I remember my freshman year of high school I experienced crazy nausea like awful stomach pain I was consistently like had headache and stomach ache and all that stuff and I remember going to urgent care like a few times because it was like there has to be something physically wrong with me I was meant to prepared to be diagnosed with like Crohn's disease or something like that right and we took all these tests and nothing was wrong and I just remember the doctor kind of starting to talk to me about what anxiety was and this is when I actually started learning more about what anxiety was um and I learned a little bit about it in health tasks but I, I just remember being like Oh great! So I basically have mentally driven my part, like my body, to this point.
1: Okay, babe, I'm hearing right.
0: it. Yeah, I'm gonna walk away because it looks like actually, I think they're still. <laughs> they're so cute though! Look at them.
1: <laughs> okay, so following up with my anxiety and panic attacks, along with that is actually around the same time I started well, a lot of things just started happening that I noticed, okay, maybe my mental health isn't as strong as it could be. Because after that breakup, I swear this like 12 year old breakup really just started everything. Like it started my spiral almost (laughs) where I started realizing that maybe I would need help, you know? And so now we're in high school and I just remember I used to I felt like after that breakup, I coped with binge eating. I was binge eating chocolate chips. If anyone can relate, maybe not, but I'll tell you my story. So I was just binge eating like chocolate chips and just all the sweets in the world. And I would look in the mirror and I was probably the, like, I probably weighed the smallest I have ever weighed in my life. And I would look in that mirror and I just thought I was just the most obese, just ugliest thing walking this planet. And, you know, that was, it's just so sad because when I look past that time and then I look back on it, I was like, something was mentally going on. It was so sad. Like, I wish I could have gone back to that person and been like, Courtney, You need to snap out of this. You're beautiful. You need to stop binge eating when you're sad. Like try to find other hobbies that are healthier for you because this is not good for your mental health either. So I just remember that time in my life being really hard and I was so hard on myself and so sad. And I just found the worst ways to cope with my feelings. And when I look back, I realized I was depressed. And I didn't even realize that until being able to look back on it. And a few years later, be learning more about depression and going, Oh, wow. I, I was very depressed. I got through it, but looking back, I'm like, I wish I got help for that.
0: Right. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, what is depression and what is anxiety? My definitions of what I thought it was would be completely different than what I know to be true today. So Back during that time, it probably didn't cross your mind that it was depression because is it possible that you thought that depression was something completely different? Oh, for
1: sure. Like just the, this feeling of not wanting to, this like deep, deep, deep feeling of not wanting to do anything every day. Like it would, it would start with one day and then it would just continuously be like, well, I have nothing that I want to do for myself with myself. I don't even like the person in the mirror. I just want to sit here and eat my feelings away and be completely just within myself and not talk to anyone, not do anything. It was just an intense, this intense feeling of right. feeling that I can't, to, at this time, I can't remember it as well, which is good. It's a good feeling not to feel right. like I can feel that pain anymore. But um, it was just, it was just the most odd time of my life.
0: There's a lot of misconceptions with depression. It's like the way that I explained it when I went through it was like, I'm just oddly numb just numb to things like yeah it's like I would sit in my bed and just be breathing and I would just feel numb like I wouldn't feel sad I wouldn't feel mad I wouldn't feel anything I would just feel numbed to emotions and just kind of just this like uh is is the word disassociated Mm -hmm. I think I just I would feel like I'm on a different planet almost and it's like keep in mind like I'd be sober no drugs no alcohol anything like that um but the part that's so that's almost frustrating with depression is that when you are in a depressive episode, it typically gets mistaken for laziness. And I think that's why so many people don't take it seriously nowadays. And so many people um, unfortunately didn't have the education of what depression is. And so it's like our parents and everything like that, they didn't know how to help us during those times, you know? And so maybe that's also something that you kind of where it's like you were mislabeled as lazy.
1: Oh yeah. Because I had no motivation, um, but it wasn't because like, I wanted to do things, but then I just wouldn't and I would just lay in bed and that would all be all I can do That's all I felt like I could do I couldn't it was like I was chained up to my bed and I couldn't move around and I just sat there and ate my feelings away on top of it all so
0: right. So at what age did you start learning about depression or anxiety or mental illness in general? I remember being in freshman year of high school and that's when we started learning about what mental illness was. And again, I hadn't really heard what the word anxiety was until I was about Mm -hmm. 14, 15.
1: As we started learning
0: about it, I was, I remember, yeah. And it's like looking back, it's like, wow, you know, I basically spent, you know, a good 13 years or so experiencing symptoms without knowing what I had or knowing that like my symptoms you know, are normal for the illness that I have. Um, Because I always thought that like I, something was wrong with me in a sense. And so kind of getting that diagnosis at 14 from that doctor actually really helped me feel a little bit more grounded because it was no longer an unknown thing. Like, why am I always so anxious? Why am I so afraid of things? And it wouldn't be like my thoughts, it would be like my body. Like if I was just in a situation that didn't feel right, my chest would tighten up my stomach would start turning and I would almost get this awful vertigo as if I was on the teacups at Disney World. And it's just I don't and again, I, what are your thoughts? It would just like my body's reaction to things. And um, so once I started learning about it when I was 14, it started making a lot of sense. But there were still a lot of things that we didn't learn about it, I learn about back then because it was ten years ago. And I feel like each year we're progressing more and more with more information and more examples and We are more knowledgeable now on how to help people with mental illness and how to help people uh, reach their goals and everything like that with mental illness than we were 10 years ago when I was in high school, you know?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if anyone can relate, but I am the oldest sibling in the family and I had a younger brother. And unfortunately, my, the things that were going on with me were more internalized, where it wasn't seen very much on the outside, but for my brother, it was a little bit more external. So sadly, my brother was the main focus through all of like my high school and college is kind of when I actually kind of realized like where we kind of realized things were going on with me because we were so focused on my brother um, being dyslexic, ADHD, ADD, everything was very um, magnetized on him. And on the outside, it looked like I was doing great. I was like doing, getting the grades and just having, like, I looked like I was having fun and everything like that. So for me, I didn't really start getting diagnosed or taught about anything until later, because growing up, it didn't look like anything was wrong. So every, like my family was like, Oh, Courtney's doing great. She's, she's so awesome, you know? And so I actually, it just kind of, I mean, I look back at that and I'm like, I wish maybe I could have spoke up because sometimes like, obviously sometimes you're going through your, you're fighting a battle internally and no one else knows.
0: And I think that like, a really interesting subject that's kind of being talked about more today is that mental illness with women is more internal versus external with men and mm-hmm. that's why boys are more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls are and it's so crazy because that actually just kind of triggered a memory with me is that my mom all throughout kindergarten to fifth grade my mom always asked my teachers like hey can we get Juliet tested for a learning disability blah 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 just because I just feel like something is off. My maternal instinct says that something is off. And basically my teachers were like, oh yeah, maybe like, you know, w- when we have time or something like that. And it would always kind of get pushed aside because I never got in trouble. I was always one of the teacher's favorites. Um, I had friends in the class. I didn't come from divorced parents. I didn't come from a broken home. Those, those were literally the words that like my teachers would use. I, it's so crazy. And, um, and then in sixth grade, my math teacher of all people finally listened to my mom and said, okay, we're going to go ahead and do that because I, I have a feeling that you're right. And so we got me tested and I had a reading comprehension, um, disorder. And also, also too, it's like, they, we talked a lot about my attention span and all that stuff. And, um, and then the one thing that psychologists kept saying was this should have been caught, but. It's like the reason why it wasn't is because, again, I didn't come from a broken home. I had a good reputation throughout the school. I respected all my teachers. All my teachers respected me. And so but it's like internally, I I felt like I wasn't on the same level as other kids um, academically or emotionally. But I was doing enough to get by to the point where I was never held back. I was able to always pass my classes, but I wasn't like my friends who are just getting 4.0s and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and so I think like that's another huge stigma within the mental health community is that for girls it's very internal and it's much more difficult for us to get help because we're able to mask it a little bit better and I saw this one post and it got me thinking this one post said the reason why they feel like women uh, with mental illness and women we it's more internalized is because we were taught that Outbursts and things like that are inappropriate with women, but yet we enable it in boys. Like we allow it to happen with boys. We allow boys to scream and yell in class and run around. Whereas with girls, it was never acceptable for us, at least when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, that definitely resonated with me so much because looking back in my childhood, there's so many times where if I just would have done one thing that a boy did in class, I would have gotten the help that I needed. But because boys like that were acting like that all the time in class, it was completely normalized. And I always knew it that I could never get away with that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Some like heart sometimes the women, it's harder to get diagnosed. Um, I <laughs> this is kind of random, but I've always been super forgetful and I'm probably thinking way too into it, but eventually I really want to get tested for ADHD because my brother has it. Um, my dad had it or has it, <laughs> and watching some youtube videos i watched a youtube video of a girl who has adhd and she's trying to teach everyone about adhd but it took her years and years and years to be diagnosed which got me thinking after looking at all like the signs of women having it and it being more internalized for women with adhd i'm like i need to get diagnosed like i need to just see if i do have this because there were a lot of things that were coming up for me. And it's like, I don't know. It's just frustrating that sometimes the doctors just don't see it in women because we are so internalized and we don't show it as much. So it's just frustrating. Sometimes these kind of things are just really frustrating.
0: Right. I, I totally agree. And so at what point in your life did you realize that like, I need help for me? It was last year in 2021 when I was, um this place at Disney which if you've watched if you watched the first episode or listened to the first episode then you know all about that because I was working on a job that was not my normal job at Disney not only that but you know things were completely different I was getting yelled at every day about masks things like that and um basically what happened one day at work was I was standing there and that my anxiety was already pretty high I'd already cried going into work that day and basically it's like I was standing there And I asked a man, like, hey, can you just make sure a mask covers your nose, please? Like something very simple. And um, he I forget what he even said. Like, this is is how little it was. I don't even remember what he said. And I just remember pausing, looking at him, walking away, and going backstage and just started hyperventilating. And I remember I actually ripped off my mask, which was a very big no-no backstage at Disney at this time. This was actually in 2020 of November. Mm. And I, like, looked at my leader and I said, please let me go home and I had, like, tears in my eyes, and I had, like, my shoulders, like, hunched up like this, and I was basically just, like, like, it looked like I was inhaling, because I was just trying to not let an outburst happen, and then she just kind of paused, and, looked at me, and her eyes were really big, and she was, like, and she looked at the coordinator, and said, put her time in right now, and they didn't ask any questions. They were just, they just knew to let me go, because I had never behaved anywhere near like that at work, and so I just think it's called the ROS relief of shift, and um, basically, I clocked and went home, this all was literally in a time zone so of 60 seconds. I grabbed my stuff. And then I, as I was running out, I like um, got on the phone with my boyfriend, and I am like a hysteric mess and just cried in my car for like, probably like an hour or so. And then I safely drove home. And that's when I realized that like, I needed help, because I can't, that can't be part of my everyday routine. And it was like, the thing was, is that At that point, I didn't know. Like, I remember telling my boyfriend, I I probably shouldn't have even come in today, but I didn't know that I shouldn't have come in, if that makes sense, because I was so used my whole life. I was so used to masking it. I was so used to, you know, the show goes on type of thing. And, um, you know, because I was competing in pageants, I was in cheerleading. I, you know, you have to go to school, but regardless of how anxious you are, you know, I was just taught to mask it and keep going that I didn't know what my limits were anymore. And I realized that my limits were much further gone than what they should be for a person. And um, after that, I started taking it more seriously. I started thinking to myself, like, okay, you are extremely anxious today. Your chest is already really tight. Should you even go in? Because if one guest just pushes you the wrong way are you going to have a complete meltdown at work you know Mm -hmm. and on top of that too I don't want that to be a normal thing so I started working with a therapist through cerebral which there's mixed reviews on I personally had a good experience It's not something I'd recommend to everyone just because a lot of people haven't had good experiences but basically we started learning about what my limits were and that was a huge thing for me because I had no idea what they were because guys are so long we were so used to like you know hiding it and just kind of rolling with it and um an uncomfortable conversation I had to have with my mom is you know it's like for example growing up you know and I think the generation above us at the absolute best of what they do and everything like that but the generation above us is very much it's fine move on mm-hmm. where it's like that's how I was raised if I was playing soccer and I fell and scraped my knee you're fine get up move on and, um, whereas with emotions, that's not really how it works. You, you do have to address your emotions. You do have to find a way to have your emotions be validated because if your emotions aren't addressed or validated, what happens is it's kind of like a Coke bottle almost, and it just keeps overflowing and overflowing and then eventually it just bursts, you know? And so that's what happened that one day was I bursted at work and it was the most terrifying and kind of embarrassing thing too, because I also am someone where it's like, if I'm crying, I like to be alone. I don't like other people to see me cry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that was my breakthrough moment of you need help because you have an illness that you simply cannot control on your own and you can't do this on your own. And that's okay. So Courtney, what what was your moment where you realized I have an illness and I cannot do this on my own?
1: I think that's a really hard question or hard answer hard question for me to answer because it felt like i would realize it months or days or years later that oh man i've been going through it you know um so i feel like i don't have a specific time or a significant event that has happened where I went, I need help because sometimes I feel like I would be in this days of, I don't need help. I don't need, I don't need any of that. Um, so for me and like, it's hard to say, like, sometimes it's harder for people to say, or even get to the, Event of actually getting a therapist and I admit I'm one of those people I haven't got a therapist yet and I'm I actually just did sign up um, for a one month free like therapy session every week Um, but like sometimes those events are a little harder for some people because we try to say oh I don't need that much help you know like or Mm -hmm. or I feel like like one of my mindsets all my life has been because my family has also been like this, but one of my mindsets have been like, you can help yourself, but that's not always true. And I've noticed that I say, I've always thought, Oh, I can help myself. But seriously, my mindset for many, many years was, Oh, I can, I can get through this myself and I can help myself. And like, for the most part, I do think I am very self-aware when I need help. And I've realized how to calm myself down and like what to say to people to like, stand up for myself when people are going to make me have an anxiety attack or something like that. But I definitely can tell everyone here that I really should get therapy. I think that'd be really helpful. Thankfully, I've had really incredible friends that I think has doubled as like a therapist for me, which is why I'm so sane. But I know that's not always fair to them because I should just have a specific therapist. I can't use my friends as therapy. You know what I mean?
0: Right, and I also think it's um, at times unhealthy to... Like, have your friends and boyfriends be a therapist. Like, with my boyfriend, I I remember telling him a year ago, he tried to give me advice on, like, depression. And I was like, okay, here's the thing. I am clinically diagnosed with this. You are not. I hired somebody to help me with this. So I will have the person that I'm paying help me with it. But I just need you to just be my partner, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think too, that like going to therapy and everything like that, sometimes is almost like a test of if your relationship is also good for you. Like, cause that's what I found where it's like, you know, um, my therapist like told me, she was like, yeah, like you have a very supportive partner. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> you know, because you have seen, you know, partners and your friendships and things like that, where they encourage your friends to not go to therapy. Hmm. And so, I always think that it's more healthy to kind of separate the two. And um, a doggy her. <laughs> Sorry. And but yeah, that's just like my opinion. So we talked a little bit about like when we realized that we needed help and everything like that. And although I know a lot of people are experiencing pandemic fatigue, where They're so tired of talking about the pandemic. They're so tired of, you know, reliving the pandemic. But at the end of the day, it is something that did happen. And I feel like the pandemic exposed a lot of mental illness in America, or maybe even around the world. Um, But that's definitely when I had my breakthrough to get help. And it's like when I was forced to stay home and forced to be alone, it's kind of like, that's when I felt my safest. And that's when I felt you know, the less anxious. And I don't know, it's just much easier to enjoy myself being in my own little comfort bu- bubble, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: I think so. when the pandemic happened, um I think I got a little too comfortable at being alone because I love being alone. And nowadays it's like, I know how I feel when I am like alone and enjoying it and, um, recharging my battery for the days to come or the events to come that when people try to mess with my little recharging time, it gets me very frustrated. And that actually can lead to my anxiety, like majorly. So that's also something that I've been like, okay, two things, Courtney, you can't always be on your charger. You can't always be charging. (laughs) But also, like, you can tell them no. And also, you sometimes should tell them yes. You know, like, sometimes it will be good for your mental health. But also, if you feel that urge of you're going to freak out, you're going to have anxiety, then just tell them no. And if they're your real friends, they're going to understand. Um, even if they don't know the extent of it all, like, oh, <laughs> maybe. same (laughs) so it's just nice when I am finally getting control on maintaining a health a healthier mental health because I am learning more about myself and when I need to charge when I need to be alone when I also feel like it will be good for me to not be alone you know
0: Right. Or when it's okay to push yourself and when you should probably not push yourself.
1: With mental health, we will never be perfect, but we can always strive to be better. And it's always great to learn about yourself and just being more
0: aware of your mental health and when you need to focus on it. Yeah. So with that being said, cuties, um, again, today was just our opinions and our experiences, just kind of more of like a girl talk of where we're at. And like Courtney said, we will never be Perfect. This is not a linear experience. We have good days, we have bad days, but remember to always reach out to somebody that you feel comfortable with to discuss the bad days and never be afraid to go out and get help. Just because you get help does not mean that you are a weak person or a weak minded person. Mm -hmm. Well, anyways, Mm -hmm. well, anyways, cuties. That's right, cutie. Anyways, with that being said, cuties, thank you guys so much for listening today. We love you all so much. And remember to always keep it cute. And
1: chaotic.
0: Bye, cuties. Bye, cuties.